The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to the latest episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again, talking everything Buffalo Bills And it is that time of year where we're gearing up for the NFL Combine. The draft, it's still a couple of months away, but all of the chatter leading up to free agency, leading up to the draft, you talk about all the great prospects that are in the field this year. And a lot of it starts with the NFL Scouting Combine 2020 coming up later this week. So I want to talk to you a bit about some of the players truly that I will have an eye on, right, that I will be looking most closely to over these next few days, and I imagine many fans of the Buffalo Bills will be also. As we talk about the, uh, you know, the workouts, right, that'll be taking place in Indianapolis, here is a quick breakdown of the days where these will be taking place. So on Thursday, February 27th, it'll be tight ends, quarterbacks, and wide receivers will be working out. On Friday the 28th, place kickers, special teamers, offensive line, and the running backs. On Saturday, February 29, defensive linemen and linebackers. And then on Sunday, March 1st, individuals that play in the defensive backfield. So really, you look at this this time, right? You've got so many members of the media, so many team personnel. Of course, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott will be meeting with the media as well during their time in Indianapolis. But this is where things really start to ramp up. Right. There's a lot of speculation out there right now, especially you know what's going to happen with someone like Philip Rivers, what's going to happen with Tom Brady, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, a, a lot of quarterback conversation that is out there. Now is that time, right? Once you get to the combine, you expect the rumors to pick up a little bit, especially with free agency just a couple of weeks away now at this point. You know, we get to this point of the year, right, where these rumors start to pick up a little bit more steam. And of course, for the Buffalo Bills, not in the market for a quarterback. But when you talk about the money that they have to spend in free agency, nine draft picks, plenty of speculation out there, what is the team going to do? And and really, from my standpoint, I look at things, right? And of course, there's a lot of excitement whenever you lead up to free agency in the draft. More so, right? You come off a 10 and 6 season. And there's a reason to be optimistic. You want to see Josh Allen make another step. You want to say the same for Tremaine Edmonds, Dawson Knox, Devin Singletary, Ed Oliver. So many of these young players that are part of the Buffalo Bills' success that they had in 2019, 
if they continue to improve and then you think to yourself, okay, what can we do in free agency? What can we do in the draft? And, and right now I want to focus on some of those guys that are draft eligible, right? Because we do have the combine coming up, gave you the schedule that was taking place and some of the guys that I will truly be keeping an eye on. Now, listen, I think you all know this, right? I'm not a, a draft guru or expert like many Bills fans. You know, you follow these guys throughout the season. Then once the NFL season wraps up, you start to like a, take a look a bit more closely at many of these prospects. So, you know, I have a great appreciation for the guys that do this each and every day. You think of the team over at the draftnetwork.com, but also, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, they do a great podcast each and every week. Of course, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper Jr. and what they do for ESPN and so many others across the the scope, right, that covered the NFL draft that give us that insight that we can look at and, and really get an idea of who are these players we should be keeping a close eye on, maybe do some follow-up work, looking at some of the tape, looking at some of their highlights. But really, it's most exciting because, again, you can be excited about these new members that could be joining the Buffalo Bills. You engage with other fans, and that's what we're here for at buffalorumblings.com. So there's really a number of guys that I'm keeping an eye on right, that it comes to the combine. And, and some of them are going to be very obvious names, but I think it's going to be interesting because every time you go to the combine, right, those guys that rise up draft boards, at least from the chatter standpoint, well, if someone's going to rise, then somebody's got to fall. So I think it's always one of those interesting pieces, right, when you look at things and you just think to yourself, what is it can happen and, and how can these young guys kind of have an influence on where they may end up over just a couple of short days. Uh, a real interesting piece too, right? Now we've got the Buffalo Bills picking at number 22. I think back to last year, the number nine overall pick. I think for most of us, right, you could come up with nine names and be like, all right, if we're going to get one of these nine guys, or maybe if there were 10 or 11 guys on your list, thinking to yourself, okay, that's that's a little bit easier there from that standpoint. Now when you've got the number 22 pick for the Bills coming off the 10 and 6 season, you think about it a little bit and not to say that it's in no man's land, right? But you're not at the top of the draft where you've got a bunch of those marquee players that you can kind of bank on, right? Being available if you're somewhere in the top 10. Once you get past number 20, you start to think to yourself, well, what is the difference between someone that's going to get picked at 22 or maybe 32? Depending on the position, depending on the depth at that position, there's a lot of things that can go into it. So there's a bunch of guys I'm going to talk about here in, in this episode, and I think you'll kind of get an understanding of the different tiers that they fall into as we go through with it. Um, one thing that has been evident for all fans of the Buffalo Bills, that wide receiver really does seem to be at the top of their list. I know we can talk about defensive end and what those guys can be and what they can really mean. But with that moving forward, right, you take a look at it. Wide receiver is kind of that sexy position, for lack of a better term, that many Bills fans have been focused on and what the team can do in the draft. You know, combine that with the fact that it's an incredibly deep draft at wide receiver this year, at least from what the, all the experts say. It seems like there's a lot of great options that can be available really in the first three rounds, if not even going into the fourth. So, you know, with that said, a bunch of these guys you take a look at, they do fall into some different tiers. For me, the first three that I'm taking a look at, and they are the top three wide receivers, at least the consensus top three, right? You've got CeeDee Lamb from Oklahoma, Jerry Judy from Alabama, and Henry Ruggs III from Alabama as well. Now, you could probably say, listen, why are you spending any time watching these guys? The Bills are picking at number 22. 
all three of them should be long gone at this point. And I understand that piece. I realize it's not a necessarily popular opinion with Bills fans, but we have seen Brandon Bean be willing to trade up uh, when he identifies a player that he has his eye on. You know, I'm not saying I would look for the Bills to mortgage future first round picks or, you know, go bonkers or crazy or anything like that. But, you know, as you look at these guys, you do think to yourself, okay, if one of them slips, let's say to like 16, 17, 18, somewhere in that neighborhood, where you can make a modest jump up, right? Maybe with a third round pick or a third and a future fourth, something along those lines. You know, you could think to yourself, all right, if this is someone that the Bills have at the top of their wide receiver board, you're not mortgaging, you know, future drafts or, or too much as it relates to future picks. I would be curious to see, you know, depending on how these guys run, you know, we all know about the famous three cone drill that DK Metcalf struggled at in the 2019 combine. So for me, these three guys, I look at and think, okay, is there someone that falls just enough where Brandon Bean and the Buffalo Bills can make a move up, right? If they look at it and say, and I can hear you already, I'm not talking a Sammy Watkins type trade. Don't start cringing about trading up for a wide receiver. That player was that player, a different regime, a different quarterback, a different everything, you know, but if they look at it and you know, you talk about some comparisons, right? I've seen a CD Lamb compared to a DeAndre Hopkins. If you have the ability to move up in the draft and get a DeAndre Hopkins type player, if you have that type of confidence that that's what he can be, listen, I'm all good with you going up and, and making that pick. I'll be curious to see if these guys fall even below pick number 13 with the Indianapolis Colts. But if they do, I guess I wouldn't be too surprised if Brandon Bean and his staff look to make some sort of a move up to get one of the top wide receivers in the draft. You know, after that, I'll call it the next tier. There's two different wide receivers taking a look at Jalen Rager out of TCU, LaVisca Chenault out of Colorado. Chenault has been linked to the Bills in so many mock drafts. It's a little bit crazy from that standpoint. I've seen some comparisons, you know, with his skill set and what he can do with the ball in his hands. Um, honestly comparing him to Sammy Watkins, right? Where if you think, hey, if you get this guy at pick 22, that's interesting. But there has been some medical concerns about him. Probably the most interesting thing that will come from Chenault's camp out of the combine is going to be his medical tests and what that looks like for the talented wide receiver out of Colorado. For Rager, it's a little bit interesting, right? Because here's a guy that he's on the outside looking in of, let's say, those top three. Incredible speed, incredible athleticism. How well he does it to combine, is he going to go from someone that maybe initially projecting as a late first rounder, early second rounder, to, to skyrocketing a little bit higher in the draft, you know, where if the Bills were to take him at pick 22, it wouldn't be seen as much of a reach as it might be at the time that we're recording this podcast. Of course, there's other re wide receivers out there. I think you can take a look at, we can talk about, right? With so many of this, there's guys, we talk about it being a deep draft. So you talk about Brian Edwards, KJ Hill, uh, T Higgins. I know a lot of folks like him as a potential pick at number 22, Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State. You know, so many of these guys, again, you talk about it being a deep class. You have a feeling that someone is going to you know, be lights out in the 40 or the three cone drill, or they are just going to test off the charts that all of a sudden you're going to see them go from being in the conversation of a third round pick to a second round pick or a second round pick to maybe a first round pick. And, you know, I have a feeling that one of these guys could fall into that category. 
Um, Higgins is one that I'm really interested with. And I say that because there's some folks that love what he is as a wide receiver and see him as a, a big target, a great potential, great athleticism, catch radius, all those different things. And then there's others that talk about him and say, you know, they're just not sold on him as that potential to be that quote unquote, number one wide receiver. Um, one thing for me that, you know, you might find, and I'll talk about it in future podcasts, I, I'm not as concerned about the size of that wide receiver opposite of John Brown. And I say that because really, as I look at it, it's just, you know, you've got guys that are the the bigger wide receivers that use their catch radius and they're able to box out and use their size. And then there's others that, you know, they're great route runners. They've got great speed or different pieces that come and make them successful on the field. For me, I just want somebody that's successful opposite John Brown on the other side. If you were to take a clone of John Brown and put him opposite of John Brown on the other side of the field for Josh Allen, I would be completely fine with that. I don't care if he's five foot nine or if he's six foot five. But when you talk about that production, what he can do with the ball in his hands, that's kind of where I'm going with this. So I'm not one that's going to get caught up in the you need a big wide receiver part of the conversation. So as you go through with this, Again, I'm going to be real curious to see what these guys do in Indianapolis this week. You know, from a, a kind of option B, I guess you could say, right? Wide receiver seems to be that top need for the Bills. Still plenty of question around defensive end. Um, Jerry Hughes, albeit signing the contract extension, you know, we know he's getting, you know, towards the latter stages in his NFL career. Trent Murphy questioned if uh, if the Bills will keep him around and, you know, they can save $8 million against the cap if they make a move and release him. And Shaq Lawson is an unrestricted free agent at this time. Yeah, I'd love to see the team bring him back, but, you know, nothing to uh, to bank on right now. And who knows what will happen if he ends up testing the free agent waters. So, you know, two guys that could be options at 22, uh, Caleb Von Chason from LSU, A.J. Epinesa from Iowa, you know, two very different players. Chase on more of a speed rusher, right? Probably somewhere around 245 pounds, more of a slight build, wore the number 18 for the LSU Tigers uh, in 2019, a key piece to their defense after missing the entire 2018 season. And Epinesa, right? I mean, he's someone probably going to weigh in at the combine around 275 pounds. Big, powerful, right? Think of a, you know, that gritty hard worker, whatever stereotype you want to put into play for you know, why Buffalo would draft a defensive end, but, uh, but a couple of different pieces, right? I mean, you could see Jason maybe being a little bit of a chess piece moving from defensive end to a linebacker position in different sets, rushing the passer from different areas, you know, where Epinesa, you can see him as a defensive end on third down passing type situations. You could see him lining up a defensive tackle, um, you know, guys that do have some flexibility, but those are two popular names that could be in the mix somewhere around pick 22. Uh, again, the, the premium that is put on edge rushers, I I'm not quite sure if they would be there. I'd be a little bit surprised if the team was going to trade up for an edge rusher, but you know, we'll see what happens at this point. Uh, a couple of guys that would fall, you know, a little bit, let's say right now being projected past pick 22, and they could be uh, some fast risers based on how they do at the combine. You've got Zach Bond from Wisconsin. Uh, you know, one of those high motor type players had a great showing at the Senior Bowl. Uh, Yatura Grossmatos from Penn State. Again, a guy that's being projected somewhere in that 20 to 32 range in most mock drafts that you see. And then you've got Bradley and I from Utah and Khalid Kareem from Notre Dame, 
two gentlemen right now you see anywhere from round two to round three and a lot of mocks and projections. It'll be interesting to see how they perform in Indianapolis because, you know, there's always this premium on edge rushers and they could eventually work their way up. Also, you got to keep an eye on the quarterbacks. And I'm not keeping an eye on the quarterbacks because I expect the Buffalo Bills to do anything there. But most notably, talking about Jordan Love and Jacob Eason. And I say it because these two guys, right, there's a lot of question right now if they are going to be picked in the first round, if they could sneak in. You know, Love, I think there's a little bit more of a consensus. But, you know, when you talk about that, you're thinking to yourself, okay, could he go to someone like, you know, Tampa Bay at 14, Indianapolis at 13, you know, maybe a team that is in need of a quarterback and he's a bit raw and, you know, but there's, he's not going in the top 10. So maybe someone that needs to sit a year, one of those type of situations. Eason is a guy, a little bit of a high riser right now, more of a second round pick. Can he sneak his way into the back end of the first round? You think about the Saints in need of a quarterback. You think, you know, once uh, Drew Brees retires, What's going to happen with the Patriots, even if Tom Brady comes back? Do they need to get that successor on the roster? Um, it just will be interesting to see because once teams start jockeying for quarterbacks and there's any sort of question, right, and you talk about the Saints and the Patriots as they are picking right after the Bills, you know, if you've got someone looking to jockey with each other, do they look to get a, you know, ahead of the other? Does that make the Bills a slight trade down candidate? Does someone move up in front of them to ensure that, you know, they are getting one of these QBs? So um, I'd like to see Love and Easton have a good showing because the more quarterbacks that go before pick 22, obviously that's the greater potential to have someone like Lamb, Judy Ruggs, Chason, Epinesa, you know, fall to the Bills at 22, or I'd even say fall within striking distance. Again, I don't see them, you know, mortgaging future first round picks and going crazy to move up. But if it's something where they could make a modest trade, maybe to move from 22 to 17, you think of the cost that it was for them to move up to select Tremaine Edmonds two years ago, a first and third round pick, you get a first and a late round pick back. That's something I could see the Bills certainly doing. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, other guys I'll be keeping an eye on are the safeties. And I know that's not something that is at the top of many folks' lists, but you look at some players, right, that um, that have been high performers in college, most notably Xavier McKinney and Grant Delpit. McKinney from Alabama, Delpit from LSU. You know, two guys that if they're there at 22 and they're the best player available on the board, are you going to pass on them to, you know, maybe take one of the second-tier wide receivers or a second-tier defensive end? Or do the Bills see safety as more of a need than we may recognize as fans? Um, Jordan Poyer coming into the final year of his contract, two years left for Micah Hyde, but you think to yourself, you know, as these guys are getting, you know, getting older and, you know, again, you don't want to scrutinize because they've both been extremely productive players for the Bills. As you look at this piece, you think to yourself, are the Bills looking to make a move at safety, maybe to have some sort of a contingency plan if these guys are to move on? 
And of course, then, you know, you, you just take a look at it and these two guys could be there at pick 22 and you really ask yourself, okay, you know, would they pass on someone along these lines if they were there and available? And again, right, we hear best player available all the time, but, uh, you know, you never know what that board looks like and what that would really, would really mean for them. Another guy that's going to be interesting, and if you didn't see the article yet from Matthew Fairburn on The Athletic, I encourage you to check it out, is Kyle Duggar, the safety from the Lenore Ryan Division II player. And here's a guy that there are many expectations that he is going to test off the charts in Indianapolis. He will wow in the interview process. He will do fantastically in all of the testing. And here's someone that could actually work his way into the back end of the first round, if not solidify himself as a second round pick. I like his story. Again, if you check out the article on theathletic.com from Matthew Fairburn, I encourage you to do so. Finally, the last group I'll be keeping an eye on is the running backs. And I say this, I know many of you out there when I do my mock drafts for buffalorumblings.com and I have someone going to the Bills in the third round or the second round even or the fourth round and I hear the complaints that you shouldn't draft running backs. You don't need this. You don't need that. But, you know, I look at things and I think to yourself, if you are going to be a successful team in the NFL, you do have to establish the run. Devin Singletary can do some very good things for the Buffalo Bills, but they need a second back to complement him. Uh, we see running backs go down to injuries all the time, and I don't want it to be that type of scenario where if Singletary goes down, we're turning to TJ Yeldon or Frank Gore 2.0 or whatever it may be. If the Bills have the opportunity to maybe draft a running back in the third round, I mean, what happens if a you know if a Taylor or a Dobbins drops to the Bills at number fifty-four in the second round, and you've got someone that can truly make an immediate impact to pair with Devin Singletary in the backfield? I'd be really curious to see what can happen. I'm not saying you know you don't know who else is on the board, you don't know what they've done in free agency yet. I get all of those things, right? But with this, if you have the chance to lock up a dynamic playmaker. And the Bills need playmakers on offense. That includes running backs. Again, I love Devin Singletary and everything that he does. He does not have that breakaway speed you'd like to see from a running back. And if you are to pair two backs together, think what the Saints did with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. Um, that was a team that could really just run you into the ground. And I would love to see the Buffalo Bills have that ability, but they need someone next to Devin Singletary, not just Devin Singletary on that island by himself. And I'd love to see someone that, you know, can be that true threat to score from within the red zone. So it's not our quarterback, Josh Allen, having to take all those hits and rush for nine touchdowns again this year. So I'm excited about the combine again, not just because of the testing and you see how some of these guys do, but just the conversation picks up around free agency. You start to hear more and more. And as Buffalo Bills fan, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen with the team this offseason. So once again, I always appreciate you guys tuning in. Make sure you hit up the comment section here at buffalorumblings.com. Let me know your thoughts on other players you might be keeping an eye on at the NFL Combine. And please hit that subscribe button so you get all of the great shows that we have here at buffalorumblings.com that we bring to you each and every day. It's time for me to get out of here. Appreciate you guys tuning in. And as always, go Bills. Take care.